welcome to this ISIS Energy podcast. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the relationship between the British government and the renewables industry that has taken a turn for the worst in recent months. So if we cast our minds back to 2010, there was a noticeably different climate in the British green energy sector. David Cameron, the newly elected Prime Minister who famously hugged a husky in a 2006 photo opportunity, was promising the greenest government ever. Here's David Cameron talking to a conference a few years later in London, boasting about Britain's green energy credentials. When I became Prime Minister, I said that Britain would aim to have the greenest government ever, and that is exactly what we have. Today, we're one of the best places for green energy, for green electricity, for green investment, and crucially, for green jobs anywhere in the world. Fast forward to 2015, and the situation is somewhat different. I'm here with my colleague, Abigail Beale, who covers the British power market for ISIS. So, Abby, the UK government has been in office for 101 days now. What's the new Department of Energy and Climate Change done, and why is the renewables industry up in arms? So since Amber Rudd became the new Secretary of State for DEC, she's announced a series of changes to the subsidies that renewable power generators are going to receive. This marks a shift in the Conservative Party policy from their last government. Um, This is Amber Rudd explaining what the difference is in terms of the priorities of a fully Conservative government. I would say that the difference in terms of approach under a Conservative lead in this Conservative um, majority government is that value for money is always going to be at the top of the decisions that I take. So there are policy costs that uh, apply to people's bills, consumers and businesses. And when I look at whether that is uh, essential for us to do, whether it's the right thing to do for our carbon targets or for um, helping people with fuel poverty, I will always look at where the value for money comes first. We must make sure that we look at the whole system in order to deliver that. So she's focusing on the value for money for consumers. And the big thing to remember there is that renewable power subsidies in the UK are funded through consumer bills. The levy control framework, people call it the LCF, is the maximum amount of money the government sets out that it can charge consumers for these renewable subsidies. We had a commitment through the levy control framework put together under the last parliament that that would not go higher than 7.6 billion between 2020 and 21. And when I entered the department and took a careful look at what those costs were likely to be, it became apparent that those costs were rising to 9.1 billion by 2020-21. So one one of the things I have had to do is reduce subsidies. Um, We remain very committed to onshore wind insofar as they are an important part of the mix. Uh, We had expected that under the EMR to get to 11 to 13 gigawatts of onshore wind by 2020-21, and in fact, even with the existing pipeline that has got planning permission, that has got the, um, uh, land, land ownership rights and will be going ahead with the subsidy, we will get to just over 12 gigawatts, is our expectation in that range by 2020-21. So I would say that onshore wind has deployed faster than people expected and is taking more of the subsidy that is available and is supposed to be capped for 2020-21. So I think it was right for the consumer to make sure that we stepped in and ensured that that didn't get any higher by allowing more onshore wind to deploy with subsidy. 
Renewable subsidies were always going to have a bit of a hard time with the Conservative Party. Uh, I guess the economically liberal arm of the party uh, sees it as a kind of a, a distortion of free markets. Um, and also the rural heartland of the Conservative Party are also rather opposed to it because they feel it kind of destroys the natural habitat. Um, so, Abby, I'm sure, surely this can't have been that much of a surprise to the industry. Yeah, I mean, the Conservatives had it set out in their manifesto that there would be no new subsidies for onshore wind. But they've gone beyond that and they've cut tax exemptions for renewable generators and they've threatened solar PV projects as well. I had a chat with Math Smith. He's Deputy Chief Executive at the UK's renewable lobby group, Renewable UK. And he explained to me how this has played out in the industry. Well, we knew from the manifesto that the government was wanting to um, uh, scale back development of onshore wind and they had said that they would be that um, there would be no new subsidies. Of course, the different people we talked to had different views about how that might translate into policy action. So following the election, we you know, have engaged with the Conservative Party and we've been talking to them yeah. on a range of topics. It's fair to say that you know, the speed that they have moved has made it very difficult to have a constructive dialogue. And I think the the government hasn't understood how, because the um, significant investments that have to be made in, in clean power generation, the, um, the conservative attitude of uh, the investor community, it's actually difficult to, um, if you'd move and act unilaterally. And I think the government only belatedly got the message that the energy decisions need to be signalled well in advance and government be clear about what it's trying to achieve and how. So by the sounds of it, it's not just onshore wind projects that are going to be affected. Yeah, exactly. I mean, onshore wind was the first to be affected. So the subsidy scheme at the moment for renewables is called the Renewables Obligation, or RO. And one of the first changes that Amber had announced was that the RO would be ending a year early for onshore wind. But since then, they've also announced that it's likely that the ROs are going to be ending for small solar projects a year early as well. And they've also announced in the budget that renewable power supplied to businesses will no longer be entitled to a tax exemption that they used to get. They used to receive levy exemption certificates, or LECs, and they could sell these on, but now they don't receive these anymore. So Good Energy is a fully renewable utility based in the UK, and Simon Wheeler is their head of development. He explained what these changes mean for businesses like theirs. Well, the changes in policy are putting significant investment and development in renewables in jeopardy. Um, we think this will have significant impact on jobs in the green energy sector and will put pressure on the UK achieving its climate change obligations. Uh, the European Commission has already expressed concern that the UK won't meet its 2020 renewable energy targets. The changes have targeted onshore wind and solar PV, which are the lowest cost renewable technologies. So the result will be that more expensive technologies will continue to be supported. The changes to the subsidy regime will potentially affect the viability of our projects and the proposed changes could damage investor confidence in the industry. Onshore wind, for example, will eventually become subsidy-free. That's what everyone wants. Onshore wind has already demonstrated great cost reductions. It has also been very effective in deploying more electricity than anticipated from individual wind farms. That is, in fact, one of the reasons 
from the um, from the over, for the overspend is that onshore wind farms have actually been more successful <coughs> at generating electricity and therefore getting more subsidy than was originally planned. So um, onshore wind remains an important part of the mix, and it is going to possibly slightly overachieve already on the anticipated range that we were looking for for 2020. And as I referred to earlier, the fact is that it seems like, it seems possible, not like it seems possible, that some onshore wind developers are looking at how they could potentially look at opportunities going forward without a subsidy. I would just add, if I may, take the opportunities that subsidies are an important part of stimulating this new industry. But it is our intention to make sure that subsidies don't remain. We don't want subsidies to be the long-term answer to a low-carbon economy. We want subsidies to be the way we get the low-carbon economy going and then for the state to step back. So it seems like we're hearing that one of the main impacts of this is on investor confidence in renewables here in Britain. Uh, What are the industry saying that can be done to, to sort this out? So they have been saying the government should set out the levy control framework for beyond 2020. At the moment, the budget is only set out until then. Um, and this could maybe give some, some, some more transparency and confidence for investors in renewable projects. It's also worth pointing out that while some of these legacy schemes are being scrapped, there's also a pretty major uh, investment programme in renewable energy uh, in the form of uh, Contracts for Difference, which is a kind of a subsidy mechanism that has very specific amounts of renewables that are going to be funded in the future. Um, but we ask Good Energy whether they think that these projects are safe, really, given that the Conservative Party has taken a, a particularly hawkish view on renewable subsidies. Um, we're not at all confident that uh, other flagship schemes are not under, under threat. We have no doubt that there will be changes to the CFD, um, in addition to a comprehensive fit review and an RO band review in the coming months as well. Uh, we expect that there will be information on the LCF budgets uh, post-2020 coming later this year, and we wait in trepidation to see what this will be. But Matt Smith was relatively positive that the relationship can still be salvaged. I think it would be a, a big stretch for this government to say it's the greenest government ever, but we've got um, four and a half years left. This government has been clear that it is committed to decarbonisation. It, it is, uh, and the Rudd of Secretary of State has talked up the importance of that to the UK um, both in terms of the UK being an international leader and the leader to Paris, but also about the simple fact that you know, government knows they need to keep the lights on to decarbonise um, and to make sure that we have uh, address the challenge of where our future power needs come from. So, so we've had our disagreements, but we're still confident that government understands that renewables are a part of the solution that renewables are a good bet for the UK. I mean, we'll be continuing to make the case for it as Renewable UK as the leading trade association in this field. And what we'd ask for from government is that government engages and is clear about what does it want? What, what does it see the energy market looking like into the 2020s? And what action do we therefore need to take now to make sure we can get there in as smooth a way as possible so investors are confident about how the energy market will change and therefore where they should direct their investment. And if government keeps that to itself, the danger is either nobody invests or the cost of um, borrowing for those new projects goes up and ultimately it's the consumers that suffers. So whichever path we choose, let's just make sure we all understand what path that is.